hate the world today. I'm Wanda Means. Thank you for listening to One Blunt Woman. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I know you've been busy. I've been super busy. I just got back from New Orleans. God, I love that town. You know, you always come back with some good stories. I do come back with some good stories. It is and a good town. I know. If you, you could see my jersey on the screen, you could see my WrestleMania shirt. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love WrestleMania? Actually, it's got a little green in it, so like it, it's somewhat. I know you, you can, can kind of see, see through it, it a little you know? bit. <laughs> my big boobs are kind of hiding it, right? The cleavage is really killing the words, right? Oh yeah, it's totally distorting. Uh, yeah, I know. So uh, thank you for listening to One Blunt Woman. This is episode seventy-two. Can you believe? Are we seventy-two? Seventy-two. How long has it been? Over. It's over it's like two, two and a half or years, three years? Or two or three years, something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know, right? Or maybe it's only been two years. I'm pretty sure you're my longest running show. See, so. well, what about your show? What happened to your show? Oh, that's true. It's coming back soon. Good. Yes. Status bro. They, yeah, I need you to be, come on and be a guest. Maybe our first show back. Okay, I'll be a guest. Thank so you. today's April 19th, and obviously people don't, who listen, they can listen to it anytime so they don't know. But tomorrow is April 20th, which is the day that I am launching my book, The mm-hmm. Shelf Life of a Secret. It's been a labor of love. It's been hell, actually. <laughs> I saw the cover, though. It looks very good. So all my friends say, oh, speaking of, let me pull it out. Oh, good call. Yeah, let people get a look at that. I actually brought the book. I can't believe I didn't have it out. I wanted to show you. This is my book, The Shelf Life of a Secret. Here, you can actually touch it and feel Ooh. it and hold it. It's an actual book. It's pretty beefy. So my friend Kim said you know, wanted to turn pain into purpose. So I turned pain into purpose. So that's what the book is about. Actually, no, it's about, you know, my favorite, your favorite subject, pedophiles. And actually, it's not totally (laughs) about pedophiles. (laughs) I know. Hey, the weekly pedophile report this week is about, it's just April is Child Abuse Awareness Month. So please donate to the um, abuse centers in your town. You know, there's like 800 of them in the country. Yeah. It's quite a few. Oh, so, which is awesome, sad. That, which I is, need my own copy. Just which uh, you will get your own copy. Which is sad because we have a need for you know all these sinners uh, around the country. But the the truth of the matter is that they, they just they're only getting one or two percent of what's really going on, which is really sad. Yeah, that it is so much more. Very. Anyway, so I just got back from New Orleans with my boyfriend, and because they had WrestleMania there, and WrestleMania is apparently. If you're in the wrestling world, it's like the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl of totally. wrestling. And New Orleans, what a fun town to do it in. So, but I didn't actually go to the show because he, you know, he sits, he's like you. He sits at a desk or a, what oh, is like it? A, a mixer. Yeah, a mixer, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, a much larger mixer. A but. much larger with a lot. He, he, all he does is push his buttons all day long. So when he's a technical director and a director. So, I mean, this is a huge deal. I, I go into the Superdome and beforehand and, when they're constructing it, I mean, there. This is like twenty moving, uh, eighteen wheelers plus a ton of um, like Greyhound type buses, coach buses. Which I rode the bus. I flew to Nashville. I got to sleep on the sleeper. There's like twelve guys that sleep on this thing, and so I, it was me, one woman with a bunch of the guys that we traveled from Nashville to New Orleans because they had a show in Nashville. So I rode the bus. The the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing. The, the traveling The traveling bus. thing. Yeah. Traveling bus. And so, you know, they have like a little kitchenette and they have a little den and they have six high on both sides or three high, three high, 12 people sleep. It's like coffins. 
<laughs> the way you're describing it almost sounds like a fancy version of a slave ship. <laughs> I know, right? But they have an actual bathroom on there. How so, do you fit that many people on a bus? I don't know. And it's, these are all big men because they're all camera guys. You know, they all these are all sure. beefy dudes they holding these cameras. Lug gear around all the time. So, and they just sit around and harass each other the entire time. It's like, who can put each other down more? And I mean, I, I'm not a guy. I don't have a penis. Although I can kind of hang with them. But they were hilarious. Some occasional profanity maybe in, uh, in there. Yeah, and, um, I can hang with the profanity for <laughs> yeah, sure. That's but, true, yeah. But I mean, I was pretty brave of Brand, uh, Brandy, Randy to bring his girlfriend on with all these men. So That is, that's pretty so bold. So we show up to, so they drive all night long and they do this every single week. I mean, literally it's a traveling circus. Can yeah. you imagine like your life is on a bus every week traveling from town to town? No, it sounds incredibly exhausting. So... We get to WrestleMania. We get to New Orleans. And I mean, it's just it, the production is just massive watching these guys and what they do. And they're going to Saudi Arabia next week because some prince wanted WrestleMania there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> he, he just says, can you send all your crew and all your wrestlers over so we can, you know, entertain all the uh, yeah. guys? And I'm like, so what did it ship everything over the whole circus? Uh, well, they use local stuff for some things, but they ship a ton of stuff too. Can yeah. you imagine? No. I mean, this dude, it's some prince, apparently has a lot of money, wants to watch him wrestle. I mean, hey. I, it's, it's, nuts. It, it's, it's nuts. It's I'm sure it's a nice paycheck. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. So, anyways, so with April being Child Abuse Awareness Month, and it's also the month of my book coming out, The Shelf Life of a Secret, it's also... um. It's also the month that I am busting my ass and I have my women's over 40 hockey tournament next week. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going to say it's also, you know, 420 tomorrow the day that like everybody's oh, in yeah. Sweden. And, and well, that stuff. it's a big month. But 420 <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, everybody busts, everybody, well, it's National Blend Day, right? So it's, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So, little Richard, did I tell you he wants to switch schools and go to Auburn? Did I tell you this? No, you did not tell me this. That's a huge news, though. So, he decided, because they have the same... Naval program, they have the same um, flying program, but the only difference between Auburn and Embry-Riddle is, what do you think? Mm, cost? More girls. Oh, okay. I was going to say, why would he care about it? You know, kids don't have to pay their tuition. Yeah, there's, <laughs> but there's 5,000 kids that go to Embry-Riddle. Yeah. It's a five-to-one boy-to-girl ratio, so there's mm-hmm. not a lot of girls there. Yeah. No, that's, that's This is awful. his selling point. Yeah. He says, Mom... It's the same as everything, well, but there's college. more girls. I mean, you know, that's something to think about for sure. But can you believe that's what his thinking? Oh, uh, he's 18. Of yeah. course, that's his thinking, right? That makes perfect sense at that age. He's like, I'm going to get the same, you know, educational value. I may as well have more more chicks involved. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me. So I will say, um, there was a plane crash at Embry Riddle uh, two weeks ago. Um, what the student and the instructor both died. Um, so it's really got heart wrenching for me because you know he flies planes there of course and that's, uh, yeah the wing fell off the plane that's like everyone's worst nightmare about their kid going there i would assume i mean well, did the wing fell off the plane how, how does a wing fall off a plane i don't know it was one of those real small planes yeah one of those i hate those small things. planes well that's what you learn to fly a plane yeah. in. so uh, the kid i just it was so gut-wrenching and then what what was the deal with the woman falling, being sucked out of the plane of Southwest? Oh, that Southwest thing? The woman had the worst fucking luck of any airline passenger ever? I mean, I'm like, an with the engine, engine blew and then it sucked her out? Is yes. that what happened? Yes. I think, well, I, I think uh, they were able to like pull her back in or something, but she, I think what killed her was just flying debris, a bunch of debris hit her. I, I, 
I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, who? I mean, what are the odds of being the one passenger on a flight who gets killed? But you know, by debris. And Southwest has never lost a passenger. Or the one student who's in a plane where the wing falls off. I mean, it's just incredible. That's like act of God type shit. I don't know. The shit comes in threes, right? So That's true. But there's been so many airplane news in the story, like the dude on Alaska Airlines who went into the bathroom and took all of his clothes off. Oh, see, I miss so. <laughs> that's a good one. Because that's normal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take our clothes off. Yeah. So, or uh, <laughs> there was another one where, uh, w- there was another Southwest where the woman, she was a fighter pilot, and she had to make an emergency landing Oh, on the that's plane, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She kept her cool. Very calm. I mean, like. Think about that. Weird calm. So, I just want to take a moment to just kind of like, take a quick silent moment for those junior hockey players at Humboldt. Um, 15 of the kids were killed in that bus crash. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my son travels and plays. This is Richard, you know? This is killing me because he could have been on the plane that crashed. He could have been on the bus that crashed. Yeah. I mean, this is his life, and it's yeah. all happening in the same 10-day span. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know much more of this I can take. It's a rough time to have a kid away, you know? <laughs> it is. And But it's everything that he does. Yeah, so that was gut wrenching. But that could also be looked at the other way. Got, I mean, which you know, other way? What? Um, you know, you consider yourself. You know how grateful you are. Nothing that you know. Those are things that. And plus, what are the odds now that two things have happened in the things here and now that that has to clear him up for? It's and I'm just looking at this logistically and like statistics wise. The odds oh, now oh, are know. even greater of anything ever happening. So in I, a way, it's a it. good thing. But but I'm I'm scared enough to fly as it is. I always want to hold someone's hand, even if it's a stranger next to me. Not that I'm saying it's a good thing anyone died, of course, but I mean, you know, just to make so, you feel better about having him away. I'll just say the landing sucked, and Randy goes, well, it was successful. You lived, didn't you? I'm like, okay. Yeah. Even if it sucked, you still lived. Mm-hmm. So, Everyone's alive and well. So Lizzie, my uh, oldest daughter, older daughter, turns 16 next month. So Richard and I went ahead and bought her a car, and because I kept telling her, we're not getting you a car. We can't afford it. Yeah. You know, I'm just lying. And she's like, that's not fair. You got Richard a car. So last week we gave her the car early so it would totally throw her off and surprise her. So Good call. She was so cute. And she's like, y'all are lying. Y'all made this up. Y'all, this isn't true. And it, her, like, this isn't real. And then she just went up and genuinely hugged her dad and loved her dad. And it was like, it was such a surreal moment for me. Like, because I never had that. Yeah. I love that my kids have a good dad. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of shitty fathers. <laughs> Just wondering, what kind of car was it? Oh, it was a little BMW X1. Oh, very nice. It wasn't brand new. I don't I don't believe in buying brand new cars. Yeah. Because they rape you on some end. Mm-hmm. So. I never, yeah, parents uh, never got me a new car. A good friend of mine, or an old friend of mine, he um, was married for 30 plus years, and he was gay. So he was a good dad. He was their coach. He coached his kids in soccer and everything. He was always there. And then he decided that he was going to finally come out. All right. And live with his lover because he was living with his wife and his kids. And so, but he didn't really ever come out. He just divorced his wife and said that everyone was crazy but him. And now his daughter's getting married and her uncle's walking her down the aisle. And I ran into him the other day. And he's like, what's going on? And I'm, I so badly wanted to say, what happened to you? Just because you're gay doesn't mean you can't be a good father. Right. So all of a sudden now, he, he was a good dad for so many years, and now he's gay, or he's always been gay, but... Disconnected now from he's, your now he's living the life. kids are totally right, different things. But now he's living <laughs> yeah. his life, 
but yet his kids all suffer. Yeah. Why are we just selfish human beings? Well, I understand why it's okay to be gay. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. But why can we not live the life we want to live and still be parents to our children? That's so weird from the shows I've produced. I've heard several people heard about this story. I don't know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, wonder I hear all the gossip. You hear all the gossip. Oh, you know all the Holland Park gossip. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. well, good. I mean, I told my kids I went out with a woman. They're like, well, that's weird, mom, but okay, whatever. I mean, whatever. Like, why can't we just be honest? I agree. So, well, no, the woman doesn't have anything to do with your parenting qualities. Yeah. Exactly. The same way this guy being gay doesn't have anything to do with his parenting qualities. He, he's letting that interfere and, you know, get in the way of being a good dad. Right. Well, just because I'm a sexually charged woman, whichever way it goes, it doesn't mean I don't put that aside and then go be a mother to my children. Right. Of course. I, mean, I don't get it. Yeah. So. Little Richard calls me last week and says, Mom, a girl tried to kill herself in the dorm. I feel like I'm all doom and gloom today. <laughs> you are. I keep trying to look for the, all the... Maybe I shouldn't answer my son's phone the silver anymore. linings and the lighter I, sides. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna t- at some point, I'll, talk, I'll find something good to talk about. But <laughs> So he tells me um, this girl tried to kill herself. And I said, in his dorm. And I said, why? He's like, Mom, the pressure here is crazy. The pressure at... Yeah school and so i'm like because suicide is the highest now amongst kids as it's ever been was this like a hardcore suicide attempt or like a cry for help type thing uh, probably a cry for help okay she didn't die i just think if somebody wants to kill themselves they're gonna do it that's probably true yeah so so th- so then i started thinking is it that the school is hard or is it that um she finally has to be held accountable for her behavior or and she or she's not getting rewarded for every little thing she does, and so it's upsetting to her. As a parent, I think we are setting our kids up for failure if we constantly tell them how great they are. I agree. Totally agree. So I'm, I'm on the treadmill, and I meet the, I'm with one of my girlfriends and this other mom, and she's like, oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Within 32 seconds, she proceeds to tell me how amazing her children are. Mm-hmm. He's in tag, he's in tag this tag that don't you, know, you hate is, that shit though within I mean, 30 seconds I mean, and i said oh yeah robert he plays tag i mean like <laughs> yeah exactly like and truth be told i mean you have some kids that do, do some pretty amazing stuff but you don't feel compelled to but overly just, saturate a stranger with it well, i mean within 30 seconds <laughs> within 30 seconds i've had more people tell me within oh my kid's so great i'm like that's great mine are all little assholes you know <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh, that's cool my kids suck and so we're at hockey practice, and I look at Robert's coach, and I said, is your son going to be in the advanced team? He's like, no, he's not good enough. And I go, thank God. That's refreshing. Thank God for being honest. Yeah. And he's the coach. Yeah. <laughs> My kid's not good enough. I'm like, we need more people like you in this world. You are realistic about their kid. He goes, I'm pretty sure I'm the totally only dad agree. when my kid came out. When people go, he's, oh, how cute he is. And I just go, eh, he's okay. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I love a refreshing, honest human being. Okay, you're giving me the pinky penis. I am. Speaking of pinky penises. I'm Wanta Means. <laughs> I'm one blow woman. I was going to say something really crass, but you won't let me. Thank you for listening to One Blunt Woman. You're listening to One Blunt Woman, a mouth that matters.
That is one of my all-time favorite Rolling Stones songs. You can't always get what you want. It's a great tune. I mean, I, when they, I saw them perform a couple years ago at the American Airlines Arena or AT&T, whatever, they were so amazing. They had a whole chorus come out and sing that song. Okay, and so it still had the really long intro? It had the very long <laughs> intro, and here's Mick Jagger. You know, I think he weighs less than I do. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty stick thin. But, you know, I have to tell you, so before I get to what I'm going to talk about my book, parts of it, and what inspired me, uh, a shitty life, I guess, is what inspired me, but whatever. It's not shitty. Parts of it are. Yeah. So I find music to be an incredible uh, way of therapy. Yeah. So like when you listen to a song, it either can totally take you away from your pain or it can really dig you deep into your pain. So when you were saying during the break, when you have a drink and you go listen to music and what does the drinking do to you? It just... Yeah, sometimes that song and the way it's getting into my soul is going to make me want to get more fucked up. Or sometimes, yeah, I mean, it, it can. You're absolutely right. It can go either way. It can. It, it can take you away. Steer your emotions so. It does steer your emotions. <laughs> so it depends on what you listen to. So yeah. in my book, every chapter starts off with um, a song lyric. I love that. So I've, there's 22 chapters in my book, and. Um, before I get into a couple of the lyrics I chose, because you and I have different interpretation. Yeah. So people will have different interpretations of lyrics. Mm-hmm. I forgot to tell you when I moved. I've been dying to tell you this. My neighbor texted me when I moved. Yeah. Remember the fucking asshole? The cre- yeah, the creepy neighbor? He texted me, you moved? Mm. That's all I got from him. Mm-hmm. I didn't respond. I was going to say, what did he get back? <laughs> Nothing? Like, no he's so astute yeah. that he noticed that, because there was a soul sign because I, I never right. I never put on the market yeah and it just sold I didn't even tell him I so badly wanted to tell his wife his sweet young wife your husband's a dick you should have been like no I didn't move come happens. on over <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've been dying to tell you that and I yeah, forgot to tell great. you that so that's how when was this that's how neighborly they were yeah he sends me a text after I moved you moved you moved uh. we did not have any potluck suppers together <laughs> I didn't want to fuck him, so he was upset. Whatever. Okay, so Shelf Life of a Secret comes out um, tomorrow. Actually, I've got all my copies in. You made your deadline, which you're, I mean, you're... There's two ways you can buy it. Anticipated release date. Yes, I did. um, Barely. Um, You can go to my website, wandamines.com, and on the front page it says click to order here. You can order it there. I think you do it through PayPal or put a credit card in. Um, It's $14.95 plus shipping and handling. And then... You'll get the book in a couple of days because I did all priority shipping and all this stuff. Or you can do it through Amazon. You could buy it through Just go to Amazon, put in Wanda oh, Means or The Shelf Life of a Secret, yeah. and you could buy it that way. So <laughs> Amazon rules the world now. So They do rule yeah. the world. So that just means I'm going to make less money. But it's not really about me <laughs> making money, truly, because right. money's not my uh, driving force here. I think my driving force is just trying to understand what happens to us in our life in utero, in childhood, you know, abuse and neglect, how it affects us years, decades down the road. And I've talked about the ACE study before, and I've talked about the ACE study, which is adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, So there have been so many studies on the brain and the amygdala. I've talked about the amygdala and how it's developed either normally or abnormally by the amount of dopamine that is sent to it. So it's not good to have too much dopamine at a young age. So 
the amygdala stores our love and our hate and our fear all in one little tiny little area. Yeah. So here we have this tiny little almond-shaped part of our brain. It, we can love so greatly or we can fear so greatly and we can hate so greatly. So if we think about even in utero, when your mother is pregnant with you and her husband, let's say, for example, her husband's having an affair on her. Mm-hmm. Okay. She knows it. What happens when you know your husband's having an affair on you? You are freaked out. Your hormone levels are out of whack, right? All over the place. So all this goes into the baby, right? So then your amygdala starts to develop at a funky... I mean, we, we need pretty much healthy pregnancies to develop healthy human beings. And then once the human being comes out, we need to hug it and love it and nurture it. We do not need to, I don't know, put a dick in its mouth, uh, <laughs> kick to the side of the road, I yeah. know, light on fire. I'm, I'm hearing about more and more fucked up women who do crazy shit to their kids with yeah. abuse. I mean, there's physical, physical. We've actual, talked about it all. <laughs> so we've talked about it all. Uh, yeah. So like each chapter, so I start off with, you know, hitting the bottom of the bottle again, because if your amygdala is not developed properly in a normal pace and it becomes abnormal, you're going to seek a life of addictions. It's just the way it is because you're used to the dopamine rush. Mm hmm. You're used to the high. So you got to get your high somehow. Gambling, sex, love, pills, alcohol, smoking, whatever it is. We all have addictions. We have to manage them. All of us are going to have some sort of addiction at some point. Porn, whatever your addiction is. I mean, God forbid, you know, your addiction is children. Some variety of sensation-seeking behavior. Yes. And we're all going to get to that point. Yeah. So the more abuse that's thrown your way and neglect at a young age, the more you're going to need it. Yeah. We're 12 times more likely to commit suicide. And I can't believe that you were saying how there's an incline in suicides now in, in our society. And I was saying that shocks me because I would think this would become more evolved as a culture. There would be less of that being a viable option, you know, as rational humans. Right. So then that you bring up a good point. I mean, we are more... The majority of us are more self-aware, not all of us. So there's a couple of lyrics I wanted to um, make sense in this and a couple that I find that you had a different point of view on. It's true. It's not almost as much of a different point of view. It's just that I could listen to a song a hundred times and just never really absorb the lyrics. You know what I mean? Oh, like, right. Never so really I listen look to the words. Now. Exactly. I mean, some songs I do and some you don't. And you never really, and like when you'll say that, I'm like, oh, I never thought of that before. So that's because I'm off, like not paying attention to it as much. I start off with Pink Floyd, Comfortably Numb. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing. That's what you're, you're constantly numbing yourself um, when you're drinking or when you're smoking or when you're fucking random men, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got to get out of your head because your head is, I mean, it's so consumed with so much energy and thought and just horrible experiences and you just want to escape. Yep. So do you know how hard it was? I've got 22 chapters. I had to find a song quote that was appropriate for each chapter. I'm going to tell you, it was probably the hardest part of this book. Oh my God. It would take, I would, yeah, it had to take years and years. So one of the chapters is called The Elephant Panting in the Sanctuary. Um, which is kind of like the elephant standing in the room, but my elephant's panting in a sanctuary. I gotcha. mean, it's so obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I told you about the time that my stepfather called Richard's haircut sexy. Yeah. It's yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he's a good Christian. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. Gross. What's that song by Hozier? Take me to church. I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lies. That's a recent song, too. I mean, a lot of these are, I like that. 
Uh, you have a pretty eclectic mix of music. I do have eclectic mix of music. The, the F- Pink Floyd one totally speaks to me because I always felt like whenever like um, I'm in a, a rut or depressed or something, maybe you're drinking more and you get to that point where like you're kind of fucked up and it's like I'm not I'm drinking and but I'm not having fun anymore. Right. It's like I'm just kind of numbed out. Well, it you know, becomes that point of diminishing returns. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah, beer's yeah, exactly. great. Second, third, the seventh beer. I mean, really? It's like yeah. I mean, nobody can drink that. I'm not doing anything anymore. Plenty of people can drink that. My sister's friend's husband is in the hospital because he literally drank his liver to nothing. Oof. So, and now he's just miserable. And he was sexually assaulted as a child. And so he's, he is a statistic all day long. I am trying my best not to be a statistic. Yes, you're overcoming the statistic. I mean, I've always said, why would you end 100% of a life killing yourself when only 10% of it is shit? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. So you're right. I do have quite an eclectic group because my very first album I had in the 70s was Glenn Campbell, Rhinestone Cowboy. So when I was forced to give blowjobs at a young age, <laughs> I know this is such a terrible lyric, but this is what I put for this chapter. Yeah. I call it Snow Days Blow. It was really not about. Right. You, you hear I'm coming, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I like to play on words. I think yeah. there's been a load of compromising on the road to my horizon. Had to compromise a lot. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I think he's talking about singing a song, but you know, I was talking about other things. Yes. Uh huh. You know, it's. I like that double meaning. You like the double meaning? Well, it's very clever. So I talk about the ace test. Another song lyric. It's called the chapter is passing the ace test with an F. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I, I literally failed this test, but I passed with flying colors, which right. nobody wants to pass. I mean, no, I no. You no, and I've no. talked about this. You might be a one on that 10 question test. Mm-hmm. Remember this? Yes. Fear, blue October. I've been running all my life. I've been running from a pain inside me. Do you ever feel like you're running? You don't. You don't have pain. No, I do. You do? Yeah. You have good, you know what? You're a good kid. Well, thank you. Are you engaged yet? No, not yet. When are you going to ask her? I'm working on it. When? Well, I, I, I'm, I got all this, uh, you know, business, small business woes I'm trying to work. I always have an excuse. I, soon, small business woes? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm just getting the business off the ground. I, a, lot, a lot of stuff going on, distracting. But no, no, no. I am working on it. It'll be soon. It'll be soon. So, it's not an excuse. I'm using an excuse for way too long. Way oh, too long. So that's, that leads me to my next quote song. Uh, Matchbox 20. Our hands are full, but our lives are empty. Yeah, and that's one that I listened to when I was young all the time, you know, in the 90s, and never really put any connection to the lyrics. Just so, well, for me, it. I mean, my whole entire decade in my 30s was raising babies, breastfeeding, and mm-hmm. um, being pregnant. So, your whole life is full. I mean, your hands are full, but your lives are empty, right? Yeah. I've talked about this. Now it makes perfect sense. So, let's think about this. Do we want our hands to be full and our lives to be empty, or we want the other way around? We want our lives to be full and not so much in our hands on our plate, keeping us busy all the time. I guess you want to look for a middle ground there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got four kids. I don't want to be totally without either, but yeah. Well, I mean, but but, so a lot of the book is about... the tragedy that we suffer and, and, and how can we get past the tragedy and, you know, and more or less understanding how our brain works and our brain, we are controlled by what goes on in our brain and what happened to us at a young age. I mean, I, I think the you're, people aren't in touch with at all. We're not in touch. We don't understand how our brain works. Yeah. You know, they call it the last frontier. So my book comes out tomorrow, April 20th. You can get it at wandamines.com or Amazon, the shelf life of a secret. Thank you for listening to One Blunt Woman. 
Sorry, I didn't have your your outro music. Wait, ready. where's my music, Kevin? Uh, I, I pulled it up, and it was I right as I was about to hit play. I realized it was your old outro music, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Well, that, you gotta so. go. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover, right? That's my song. Yes, I, I almost went out with Joan Jett, and I'm like, we haven't used that in forever. So don't forget, from tremendous pain comes an enormous amount of strength. I'm one to means. I'm one blunt woman. You're so good to me, I know, but I can't change. Tried to tell you, but you look at me like maybe I'm an angel underneath. Innocent and sweet. Yesterday I cried. You must have been relieved to see the softer side. I can understand how you'd be so confused. I don't envy you. I'm a little bit of everything All rolled into one I'm a bit